Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In lecture 31, the dissection of the psychical personality, Sigmund Freud sets out three important agencies within the human personality, the superego, the id, and then the ego trapped between them in many respects. And the ego is what is carrying out the psychoanalysis and indeed scrutinizing itself, but also these other, if we want to call them faculties, we can, although Freud cautions against turning them into things in that way. And when we're looking at the relations between these. This is really an exemplary essay in part because it shows us that the relations are not that simple. There's several different ways we can look at them. And one that you might want to think about right off the bat is this diagram that Freud actually provides where he says, I would like to portray the structural relations of the mental personality in this unassuming sketch, which I present you with. And we're going to come back to that spatial representation in just a moment. But I think one that's more helpful to begin with is thinking about the genesis, the development of these different agencies. And the way that Freud portrays it within this, it's very clear, is at first we have the id, right? And then the between the id and the external world, which the id is really not equipped to engage with on its own. As a matter of fact, the id by itself following the pleasure principle would just get itself killed in the external world, there develops out of the id, the ego. And the ego is quite different than the id in many important respects in ways that we've discussed elsewhere. So the ego has this important mediating function. It derives its energy from the id. It perceives and engages with the external world. Through the ego, we have the introduction of the reality principle, not just the pleasure principle. And we've got this continual process, we could say, of adjustment, a dialectic between all three of these id, ego, and external world. And then we have the agency that Freud began this lecture with talking about the superego. He tells us that the superego is in many respects coming later on. And we see that it arises out of the parental function, right? So he says, in the case of what is phylogenetically the last and most delicate of these divisions, the differentiation between the ego and the superego. This is quite important, right? So we've got now these three things and the ego is essentially the juncture between all three of these. And as we've seen in other paragraphs, Freud talks about the ego as having these three tyrannical masters. We're not going to worry so much about that at this point. Now, there is an earlier section where he tells us after explaining what the different meanings of unconscious are and that one of them we can call the pre-conscious. And now we have these three things, the conscious, the pre-conscious and the unconscious. He tells us that we don't want to identify ego 
id, superego, in whatever combination with these three. That would be a big mistake on our part. He says, I suspect you feel dissatisfied because the three qualities of the characteristic of consciousness and the three provinces of the mental apparatus do not fall together into three peaceable couples. You may regard this as in some sense obscuring our findings, right? This is actually a very good point to dwell on, a little bit of a digression. There's a tendency to want to oversimplify when it comes to engaging in anything that's trying to understand human nature and the faculties, capacities, agencies, whatever you want to call them within us. There's a tendency, for example, to see three things, ego, superego, and id, and say, aha, that looks like the platonic tripartite division of the soul. Those are mistakes. You don't want to make easy identifications because that, although it may feel satisfying, actually obscures what is supposed to be having some clarity brought to it. So we don't want to try to produce a fake identity. And here Freud has a really cool analogy that is worth dwelling on. He says, I'm imagining a country with a landscape of varying configuration. We've got hill country, plains, and chains of lakes. So it sounds like a nice place to be in, doesn't it? And then he says, there's a mixed population. It's inhabited by Germans, Magars, Hungarians, and Slovaks. And these people carry on different activities. So, so far, so good. Now, we can make generalizations, like we can say, well, the Germans tend to live up in the hills, and there they engage in cattle breeding. That's their main activity up there. And the Magars live in the plains, and there they grow cereals, what we call grains, right? And produce wine. And then the Slovaks live within this chain of lakes, and as such, they do a lot of fishing, and they also take reeds and plate them into baskets. And now we've got something like a, you know, fairly primitive economy going on there. Presumably, the Germans are also, you know, tanning leather and stuff like that. And everybody's getting what they need, but everybody's got their nice place, right? Just Germans in the hills, just Slovaks in the lakes. And Freud says, is it ever really like that? No, of course not. He says things might be partitioned in a way that there's tendencies. If the partitioning could be neat and clear cut like this, a Woodrow Wilson would be delighted by it. What's he talking about there? Woodrow Wilson was part of the division of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Woodrow Wilson was an American president, right? And after World War I, the Allies divided up all these places that had previously been parts of larger empires into their own ethnic new nations right? And some of the boundaries were rather arbitrary, but the idea was Hungarians should live in Hungary and Romanians should live in Romania and you know so on and so forth. So he says, the probability is you will find less orderliness and more mixing if you travel through the region. Germans, Magar, Slovaks live interspersed all over it. In the hill country, there is agricultural land as well. Cattle are bred in the plains too. A few things are naturally as you expected. Fish cannot be caught in the mountains. Wine does not grow in the water. Water. But for the most part, there's going to be a lot more diffusion, interpenetration going on. And Freud is saying that to suggest to us that although we can draw kind of a map of the territory of the psyche, there's a lot of bleeding over into each other of these different parts. And so when he produces this iconic representation for us, we have to be kind of careful with it. And he, he cautions us. He says, as you see here, the superego 
merges into the id, indeed as heir to the Oedipus complex that has intimate relations with the id, it is more remote than the ego from the perceptual system. The id has intercourse with the external world only through the ego, at least according to this diagram. That is very important. And Freud follows this up by saying, it is certainly hard to say today how far the drawing is correct. In one respect, it is undoubtedly not. The space occupied by the unconscious id ought to have been incomparably greater than that of the ego or the preconscious. I ask you to correct it in your thoughts. So this is not supposed to be taken as like the final word, the map, everything must conform to. Instead, it's suggestive. And he goes on to tell us that we got to be really careful about pictorial representations. He says, in thinking of this division of the personality into an ego, a superego, and an id, you will not have pictured sharp frontiers like the artificial ones drawn in political geography. Once again, a reference to splitting ethnic regions apart from each other. He says, we cannot do justice to the characteristics of the mind by linear outlines like those in a drawing or in primitive painting but rather by areas of color melting into one another as they are presented by modern artists. So melting into each other, these agencies, ego, superego, id, are not like hard blocks that, you know, are set down next to each other. Rather, they interpenetrate each other. They're names for ways in which things are happening within the psyche that have some lasting, you could say, determination, but in which there's a lot of complex interconnections. Things can be passed off between them. There are no actual sharp boundaries. Instead, what we have are dynamic systems that, as Freud tells us, are subject to change and also subject to, we might say, not just change through regular processes of, say, maturation or family dynamics, but interventions on our own part which might produce different effects. And so he tells us that some of this may result from psychical illness, but certain mystical practices may succeed in upsetting the normal relations between the different regions of the mind so that, for instance, perception may be able to grasp happenings in the depths of the ego and the id, which were otherwise inaccessible to it. He says this is probably not going to lead us to ultimate truths or salvation, as mystics often want to say, but those things could be quite useful. And we might have all sorts of other techniques that give us more insight into what's going on. And as that happens, we are modifying the person in doing so, right? And so this is also leading us to the culmination of this lecture, where he says, where it was, their ego shall be. It is a work of culture. Culture, culture meaning education or development, building, where we deliberately engage in, although we don't fully understand what we're doing, some modification of the psyche in the process. So these areas within ourselves, not exactly the same as geographic, topographical areas, they, they do have important relations to each other. They're interconnected. They can't be, you know, say you can't cut out the superego or cut out the id or remove the ego as if you were going to carry out a dissection. Perhaps Freud's term here is a little bit misleading, but this offers us at least a picture of how these different parts Parts of ourselves are in fact interrelated according to Freud's theory.
Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>